If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. And welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And it's a pleasure to be back with you again as uh, as our heatwave summer continues here in Ontario. Uh, it, I was just watching the weather forecast and it, it's sad news really because uh, farmers have been really impacted by just uh, they were just talking about eastern ontario where there has been th- it's been 35 days now without any rain and with searing heat um crops are just baking in the fields so you know it's uh, <laughs> it can be it can be really tough for those um who are trying to make a living of course uh while those who are on vacation are having a pretty good time um except we have you know, the 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 drought has other impacts as well many of our cottages are being impacted by low water levels. And since most of them are serviced by wells or water that comes in from from a lake or a river, uh, we're hearing more and more reports of uh, water pumps breaking, um, water, wells running dry, and, uh, and water having to be shipped in. So it's, it's quite interesting. If you think that Ontario has holds one-fifth of the world's fresh water. That's 20% of the world's fresh water here. Um, well, in the Great Lakes, in fact. Um, then um, we are, we, we, sh- we should have this wealth of water, but unfortunately it uh, it's not as evenly distributed as we'd like. However, we, we go on and um, we know, you know, it's, it's, it's a given that this, uh, this, length of of heat wave will eventually draw to a close and we'll have some good amounts of rain and then we'll we'll go into the winter and the water table will be replenished we hope by a substantial amount of snow um you hear me talk about the weather all the time and you know really it's because we have these four amazingly distinct seasons you know the heat searing searing heat of the summer i mean we've had um something like 30 odd uh, up nearly 30 days now uh, of temperatures above 30 degrees C, which I guess in Fahrenheit must be up around the high 80s. Um, yeah, around about 88, I think. Um, so, so that's what we've had in uh, in July and August so far, just under 30 days of of those temperatures. And then, of course, we we know in winter we're going to get the freezing cold. And then in between, we have um, our amazing fall and the colours and the crispness of the air. And then in the spring, everything comes back to life again. So, yeah, you do hear me talk a lot about it, but there is a reason. It's because um, these seasons are fabulous. So on today's show, I have um, a guest that, uh, you know, I've been wanting to have on for quite a while. um, And he's going to be talking about home automation. And it's... It's an interesting topic for me because, you know, I I started out in the vacation rental business way back in the 1990s and there was nothing automated. I mean, completely nothing. Um, We we didn't, when I started, we didn't even have websites. We didn't have the internet or, you know, just just the the basics of internet. Didn't really have um, the listing sites as, as we know now and things that are automated like you know updating a calendar online i mean that was that was so far in the future when i started out you know we were still using paper everything and then now we've uh, we've we've moved on and you know th- through so many iterations of technology and now you know i talked to mike and his uh, his property seabreeze is is run on a nest system so he can he can he can see when guests go into his property he can see if they turn up the thermostat or or turn it down for the air conditioning he he knows um he knows what's happening at his at his property 
and and he does it all via his iPhone. Now, to me as a boomer, even a fairly savvy techno boomer, uh, that that still seems just um, it still almost seems way in the future for me. And I I have a little bit of a struggle appreciating that this is the here and now, and and we can do all this. So. I wanted to talk to uh, to my guest today about all aspects of of how we automate our vacation rentals, um, making our lives more efficient, and just generally getting technologically savvy with uh, with all our operations. So, without further ado, let's move on over to the interview with Brad Huber of Parakeet. <music> So I'm delighted to have with me today uh, the CEO of uh, Parakeet, which is a provider of solution, home automation solutions for the vacation rental industry. And um, Brad Huber has joined me from uh, his vacation in Idaho. Good morning, Brad. How are you? Good morning, Heather. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having us on. It's it, you're, you're very, very welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to somebody who's actually on vacation. Usually people are in their offices, they're harried, they're, uh, they're busy, busy, busy. But uh, I guess you're having a, a, a bit of downtime, relaxation at the moment? Yep, uh, in the vacation mindset, enjoying the summer up here. Well, that's, that's really nice. That's, what, that's where everybody should be in August is out there enjoying, enjoying the summer. Just in the introduction to this, in fact, I was just talking about the, uh, the, the climate here in Ontario as I talk a lot about the weather, um, and that we're, we're currently in a, an extended heat wave and drought, which, uh, you know, most people think, you know, Ontario is, is, this, this, is the frozen north and, uh, and are quite amazed to find that we have just searing heat in the summer, um, sometimes pretty, um, uh, pretty unbearable heat, which I know we're going into this coming week. So this is such a great opportunity to talk about things like, you know, auto, home automation and automation of things like thermostats and 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 ensuring that uh, that guests are going to be be comfortable. So let's let's kick off, Brad. To, uh, you know, you you're an angel investor. You've done a lot of other things that aren't necessarily involved in you know in the world of vacation rentals. How did you um, sort of how did you segue into the vacation rental business? Uh, I have a great question. It's been a, a little bit of a roundabout path. Um, I'm a software guy and a technologist, uh, as you mentioned, the angel investing. So I do enjoy investing in uh, technology companies. Uh, and previously, I was uh, at a startup company called Perseris Technologies. We were in the drone hardware and software space uh, and did that for a number of years, loved it. And uh, after we got acquired by Lockheed Martin, uh, I wanted to do something else. And the passion for me for Parakeet and for home automation came from the fact that uh, I hate keys. I hate having a pocket full of keys and a key ring full of keys. Uh, and so we looked at, it's been my opinion that technology can do away with keys. And we looked at industries that could benefit from that and kind of landed in, uh, in vacation rental and, and more broadly rental management. Uh, and that's kind of where we've been focused and it's grown to be a, a complete uh, home automation solution because once you do door locks, it's really easy to do thermostats and all types of other devices. Well, we're going to come back to to talking about um, specifically home automation and those those specific uh, operations that everybody that runs a vacation rental is is familiar with. But I just wanted to sort of start with um, the whole technology side. You know, you you you've been in technology for many many years. Um, I'm I'm of that era that you know I started in vacation rentals a, around about well near enough thirty years ago. And we had no technology, you know. We we were still in the in the in the time before the internet, just about. Um, certainly, the time before listing sites, and we we advertised our properties in in paper catalogs and put signs out on the lawn and and used um, used the telephone and actually spoke to people, um, which you know was was quite a lot of fun. Um, and at those times. If when you're talking about keys and keyless entry, I mean, at those times, what happened with keys is they were either sent out to to guests, or you'd find them under a flower pot or under a mat. And actually, 
We have a property that rents at around about seven or eight thousand dollars a week at the moment, and the key is in the barbecue. And I <laughs> high security. Yeah, high security, yes. Um, but that that's that's where this owner came from, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. That's how he started out leaving his keys. So things so much has happened, certainly over the last ten years, five years, um, and and even more so in the last two years that technology seems to be taking over absolutely everything. And there was a great um, a great um, post on your blog at goparakeet.com um, about, I mean, it says technology for Airbnb hosts, but it's technology really for anybody in the vacation rental industry. And you covered a whole range of, of different technologies that have come on board. And I just thought it'd be great just to to touch on on some of these and uh, and just explore where technology is going and, and what different aspects of vacation rental it, it, it's appearing in now. So over to you on this one. Uh, thanks, Heather. And uh, yeah, I see this as a, as a pretty broad uh, topic and quite interesting. Um, and, you know, technology is really just, uh, you know, uh, penetrating into all areas of our lives. Uh, I, and we see you know, with a smartphone, uh, that kind of touching everything. And as you mentioned in vacation rental, where the early days were take a booking by phone, uh, sign in the yard, leave the key under the mat, et cetera. Um, now there's uh, so many tools that are available. Um, and we see, you know, guests booking via their phone. Um, we see, you know, hosts using uh, sophisticated tools in, in several areas. Um, so, you know, the, the, um, sophistication of the operation is, is amping up. Uh, and so examples of that would be pricing, uh, pricing companies offering dynamic pricing, uh, certainly the listing companies, um, also the operations companies. So any, any type of a scaled, uh, operator is typically using software to run their operations and, and make sure everything's running smoothly. Um, you know, it, it touches on finance, uh, whether it's QuickBooks or something, uh, you know, more industry specific. Um, and then, you know, advertising, it's, it's really pretty broad what we see, um, uh, what I've seen technology touching in the industry. And, and I'm sure you have as well, Heather. Uh, and, you know, I don't think that's going to stop. Uh, now there may be some consolidation from those uh, various providers where now you kind of get, uh, everything that you need or everything that you want from, uh, you know, individual providers that it, it may sort of uh, come from one, but there's there's really a, a broad range of areas, um, and you know certainly home automation is included in that, uh, and you know we can get into that in, in detail. But um, you know, technology, I, I, I don't see that uh, trend slowing down or or uh, stopping. Right, it's it's going to be accelerating. Yeah, for me, it's sort of it's, it's a bit like the ex- expanding of of social networks and there's so many different ones that you just you know you can you can be try and be everywhere and know everything or you concentrate on one particular thing and this uh, this advance of technology into vacation rental seems to be um, something similar to that you know I've we've had guests on the show talking about smart pricing we've had um, Alex and Tammy from properly talking about um, how to how to manage their property with an app. My son uses Nest in his home. That's um, you know one one sister, another system. It, it can get very confusing when you look at the hot. You know where where do you start? Where do you start? Which what what do you concentrate on first? But, you know, reading this blog post and some of these with them security and disaster management, I'd never even heard of the ones that you're you're mentioning here. Canary, Wally. Nest Protect, Dropcam, Fibaro. You've just opened up in that one blog post. You've opened up this uh, this great expanse of, of more research for me now. Um, but for, for, for owners, you know, it, it is a sort of onslaught of technology and it's it's a little difficult knowing where to start. Yes, absolutely. And um, I would say that these types of uh, technology offerings that are coming into the market now uh, are, are maybe typical of what we see with uh, you know new inventions in that um, 
you know, a bunch of things come onto the market, uh, people try them out. And then over time, you know, we realize what is valuable and what was sort of a, a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but uh, plenty of values coming on and, and uh, we, we kind of have early indications of what uh, in particularly in home automation is, is useful. And um, so I would say almost that the range of what you can have in home automation ranges from, uh, you know, the practical to the bizarre. And uh, so, you know, a, a few ones on the practical side that, that uh, we see, you know, broadest adoption with uh, are in locks and thermostats and then the damage prevention, which you've touched on, which could be sensors that uh, are freeze or flood sensors, um, other types of sensors, uh, that can be practical, right? And and because rental homes tend to be, uh, you know, vacant some portion of the year, then these are these are pretty valuable in, in preventing uh, large monetary damages and and the downtime associated with that. And then you know on the bazaar side, we've seen plug-in uh, air fresheners that you can control and put them on a schedule, and they release uh, their scent, or when you arrive home and release their scent. Um, Certainly, you know, coffee makers that can be automated, um, you know, in the audiovisual side, you can have your, your special tunes that turn on in the morning and the shades can open up for you. Um, you know, we've seen probably more bizarre things as well, but those are things that, uh, you know, are kind of fun, but may not, uh, you know, help you in your rental or uh, mm-hmm. maybe more headache for your guests than anything. Um, one that, uh, we've seen a, a pretty, um, uh, pretty good interest in the industry might be kind of noteworthy is uh, and and one that we're actually working on as a company is a, is a party sensor. So especially in certain markets where they're having trouble with uh, um, parties, whether it be damage to the rental unit or uh, more importantly, like with local regulations being that they, they don't, parties can get when they're complained about by the neighbors, they can get the rental shut down. Uh, those type of markets, you know, they're, they're concerned about uh, being able to be aware of when a party's going on. And so um, that's one that uh, we're offering and others in the market are also offering. And um, there's a couple different ways to do it. But m- most common way is looking at noise levels over time uh, and alerting you when you know, the noise is too high. So you can you know, address the, the party in some intelligent way. Yeah, part of me thinks that's sort of creepy. Um, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other part of me that is a property manager thinks, wow, how useful that is. Um, so, so how, you know, where do you cross the line from being useful and practical to creepy? I, you know, I love the idea of a party sensor, but I just, just wonder, you know, do you, do you, um, do you let the guests know, do people know that this is in place? Is it, is it something that you would have to disclose? Yeah, this begs a, a, a bigger question, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, technology <laughs> has this habit of being able to open up uh, some Pandora's Pandora's boxes for us, right? Uh, and so we've seen uh, some rentals um, doing things as, as intrusive as having video cameras uh, inside the unit recording their guests, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm certainly not a favor of that. And there's, you know, there's certain big brother aspects, et cetera, that... Uh, you know, that you want to be careful of here and, and that uh, can be a problem, right? Um, and so we, we think that the party center is uh, is fairly neutral in the sense it's, it's not, um, you know, listening to conversations, just looking at noise levels mm-hmm. uh, and letting a, letting a rental manager know. And, and particularly, and um, you know, there's the, there's a bit of a problem, right? You have a, you have a, um, an onus on you as a, uh, as an owner, as a guest, et cetera, to be a good neighbor, right, and to uh, not be creating too much noise. Maybe people that live next to you that they're not they're not on vacation, um, and when you tend to be on when you're on vacation, you tend to forget about that. Um, and so this is kind of a way that that, that, uh, that as a, as an owner as a manager, you can protect your uh, investment and and make sure that uh, your rental is 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 playing the part of good neighbor, right. Um, and we certainly, uh, you know, are, are thinking about the big brother aspects and, and we recommend that you do let uh, your guests know that, you know, there's, there's a party sensor. Please be a good neighbor, you know, sort of between the hours of, say, 10 p.m. and uh, 8 a.m., that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, but it certainly does beg those uh, bigger questions. And as, as technology rolls out and more becomes available, we're going to have as a society going to have to uh, answer those questions and, and figure out what the what best practice is. 
Yeah, <clears throat> interesting one. Um, okay, let's roll back a bit and um, let's just separate out all the different um, types of um, home auto, you know, th- th- that we have in place at the moment, home automation. So do you want to lay it out for us? What, uh, what are the different things that, um, that an owner-manager can incorporate into their business that's going to make it more efficient for them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, big areas are around access control, uh, utility management, uh, and damage prevention. So um, some types of devices that, uh, that are offered in the market, for example, are locks, uh, thermostats, freeze and flood sensors, garage door controllers, door and window sensors, lighting, uh, energy meters, pool controllers, uh, hot tub controllers, um, this is, you know, several more, uh, but, um, yeah, so what we see, uh, in, in the industry and the vacation rental industry is, uh, we, to put it broadly, we probably see about 60%, uh, uh, um, interest or adoption, uh, in the access control area. And then about 20% in, uh, in thermostats and then about 20% in other types of devices. So, um, yeah, we do probably see the biggest bang for the buck in the, in the access control, particularly for managers. Uh, and then and on the utility side, then that uh, tends to benefit both owners and managers. Um, and we kind of position it like um, this is really a way to improve. Uh, and automation presents the potential to improve the guest experience. Um, and so if you think about what a, a guest gets uh, when they go to a hotel, they can come there. They can check in any time. Uh, it's a, it's part of a larger building, so typically the climate is pretty close to comfortable for them. They can turn on the heater and AC and get it to where they want. Uh, and then a vacation rental, you know, has several advantages of uh, you know the private experience. They can have all their own amenities, uh, but you know, in the old um, system without home automation, they miss out on some of those things at the hotel. They can't come in anytime they maybe have to go across town to pick up keys or they're looking around in the dark for the lockbox or to get into the doormat. Um, and so with home automation, you can really kind of improve their experience because they can come, they can get in, they don't have to juggle keys among their group. Uh, and then the heat or the air conditioning can be turned on and ready for them, um, et cetera. Yes, fully, fully agree as a, as a guest. And I've been a guest in many properties over the years and and just to to pull up a couple of examples, I remember going to one property with two other couples, and there was one key, and and of course we were all going in different directions. You know, we were in Sedona, Arizona. Um, you know, some of us wanted to go hiking, some wanted to go into town, and others were going on a on a on a um, a, a jeep trip. So all going off at different times and coming back at different times. So what do we do? We go into the local hardware store. We take that key and we create two others. And, you know, while we're doing it and thinking, mm, this, this is, doesn't seem quite right that we're doing this, but we weren't given the opportunity to, to do anything else. Um, otherwise, we would be leaving the door unlocked completely so that everybody had access. So, you know, that, that would have, I can see that having an automated access there with, with, with a keypad entry and everybody knowing what the, what the code was, how much better the experience would have been uh would have been for for us there um and then another experience we had just walking into a property in winter and in the arrival document it said when you get in um turn the thermostat up and it was freezing so you know not a very good arrival at a property in the middle of winter when you want to get out of your car and it's freezing cold and you walk into the property and it's also freezing cold and you're sitting around in coats for two hours waiting for the place to warm up. So definitely two experiences I had that would have been, you know, completely resolved and made for a far better, um, a, a far better overall experience and first impression if, if there had been something um, automated. So let's go back to uh, to access. How does it work? Yeah, well, first of all, I would say on what you just mentioned, a welcome to your vacation, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're freezing. Yes. Um, yeah, and, you know, in some cases, uh, whether it's radiant heat or otherwise, you know, there's some amount of knowledge to actually run the system. And so 
you know, people get in, they crank up the heat and it takes hours. It's way too hot. Right. Then they're calling their manager. Uh, kind of funny experiences. And we hear a lot of them um, on the on the access control side. We've we've heard uh, experiences. I, I've had the experiences where I'm with a group and, you know, my friend has the key and I can't get in. Um, but we've had, you know, folks on their honeymoon, they're locked out for a couple hours waiting on the doorstep. Uh, you know, one guy uh, arrived at his rental um, in the middle of Wyoming and didn't have the key to accidentally left it at home. So what they did was they, they found a ladder and climbed up into the second story window and, uh, you know, finally people get creative, right. When they have to, but this, uh, doesn't make for the best, uh, you know, welcome, uh, for your vacation. But, uh, yeah, so the way that the access control typically works, I mean, there's a number of, um, to talk about it broadly with what's available on the market, it's usually, um, some type of an electronic system, uh, or something where you can put in a code and then, uh, and then you're typically, uh, getting a key out. Uh, of a lockbox, or uh, you put the code in and the door unlocks, uh, and then um, and then probably a little more common in uh, for rent by owner market, there are uh, smartphone controlled locks now where the guest can use their uh, phone to actually open the door and get into the property. And so uh, the way that um, our system works, and you know other systems on the market uh, similar, we will hook into uh, software that a rental manager may be using. Um, we work with several of the popular brands uh, of software, um, or if they don't have software, they can enter it in directly. And then that, uh, causes the home and the guest access to get programmed automatically. So the guest receives, uh, an email and with instructions, what their code is, how to get into the property, et cetera. And then, um, you know, as a, as a benefit to, uh, the manager and, and homeowner that access automatically expires at the end of their stay. So, you kind of don't have to worry about the headache of did my guests, uh, you know, copy my keys mm-hmm. or lose the keys and, and sort of thing that like you've mentioned. But that's kind of how it works from the from the guest perspective, uh, and a little bit touching on the manager side as well. So, so Wi-Fi is not uh, is not involved then. So, a property in an area where there is where there is no Wi-Fi signal is is not going to be impacted by this because the guest already has the code. Well, so Heather, that kind of touches on uh, the multiple types of systems that are out there. Um, and so some locks, uh, you know, just are, are programmed with a code. Uh, and then, um, you know, you give out the code to your guest and then it's on you as a manager to go mm-hmm. and change the, the code at the lock periodically. Yeah. Uh, some are Wi-Fi systems. And so then you rely on the, uh, the Wi-Fi uh, system to be up and working reliably uh, to do your access control. Um, we have a cellular system, so it doesn't rely on, you know, the Wi-Fi in the home. Uh, it's a cellular based. And so, um, it, it, and in fact, we can actually uh, control the, that's another form of automation as well as being able to reset the Wi-Fi routers, et cetera, uh, through the cellular system. And so um, I'm sure that many managers have had that experience where, you know, the, the Wi-Fi goes out, the guests really want that. Well, you, you can use your automation system to mm-hmm. make sure that's up and running for them. Well, whenever I talk about these things, I always have at the back of my mind, um, you know, my personal or business, my, my, my corporate circumstances with managing 200 properties um, that are, are very um, disparate, I guess. You know, I, we, we have sort of seven hours between our properties. It's not like we can just pop out and change a code. Um, you know, our, our That's fur- quite a range. <laughs> yeah, our furthest, our furthest property that we manage is, is up in Quebec, which is seven hours from our office. Um, and then we've got properties six or six hours, the other direction. So, you know, we, we, we rely in fact on, on our owners to do a a lot of, uh, a lot of this work, uh, for us. It's very much a partnership between us and our owners. And we're forever looking for something that, uh, that makes our, our lives easier and our owners' lives easier. Um, and this is, you know, this is obviously this, this, um, access automation is something that we're really interested in. You know, it, it it does seem pretty much a no-brainer. I've seen absolutely every type of um, access issue there could possibly be, um, and and getting it automated just seems to be a complete no-brainer now. So uh, so hopefully, if if I have some of my owners listening to this, <laughs> they're going to jump on board with it. So access is one thing. I think it's something that uh, that certainly makes guests' lives a huge amount easier. They're not worried about getting there at night 
and and fumbling around trying to find uh, a lockbox. And then and some of these lockboxes have these tiny little punch-in numbers that uh, that you need a powerful flashlight to see. And it it does. It's it's almost as though the uh, the host is is making it as difficult as possible for somebody to get in. So <laughs> that appears to me to be something that everybody who has a property should be looking at. You know, look at look at access, look at how your guests arrive. Are they able to arrive at two o'clock in the morning and find it just as easy to access the place as it is at uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon? Um, let's move on to um, thermostats and you know, thing that the operations inside the property, because um, this is where costs rise, of course. When when you have somebody who checks out, um, leaves the heating on high, um, perhaps the property is going to be empty for a few days and and the caretaker is not going in immediately. So when you start to balance out the costs, I guess, of, of having home in- automation installed against the costs of having heating or air conditioning running at full whack when nobody is there i'm guessing that you know that there's there's some real economies to be made here yeah absolutely heather uh, this is one of the key areas where uh we kind of say that automation can pay for itself uh because we touched on a, a little bit earlier about the guest experience of you know arriving to the property and it's sweltering or freezing and then you have to wait some hours for it to get comfortable uh, and certainly automation can you know help with that because you turn the system on before the guest gets there um, but then on the, on the flip side, when the guest leaves, um, you know, there's this whole, uh, there's this whole mentality, right? Uh, uh, I was talk- kind of talking about being on vacation and, and being a good neighbor earlier, but, uh, there's also the aspect of you're, you're on vacation. You're not thinking about who's paying the energy bills, uh, cause it's not you typically. And so, um, we see guests doing things like, uh, leaving, uh, windows open in Florida with the AC, uh, going a full bore, um, we actually can, with our system, you know, the sense that the door and windows are open and shut off the AC. Um, but certainly when the guest is checking out and leaving, then automating that process to turn off the heating and the air conditioning. And you know, it has several advantages because um, it turns off when they leave and not sort of when your turnover crew gets there because, you know, when is that? Is it? Is it, hopefully it's the same day, but if it's two or three days later, you're paying for that energy and mm-hmm. then, uh, and then sometimes those crews, uh, you may have a checklist for them, but maybe they miss something on the checklist or whatever, but they forget to turn the system off. So in that case, you know, it's certainly uh, plausible for it to happen that you have weeks uh, where you're paying for the, the heat and the AC being left on accidentally. Uh, and so typically we'll see about a 15% uh, savings on energy, but uh, it can certainly be more than that uh, depending on your case. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll just tell a little story here. We have my, it was it was one of my own properties a few years ago, and and we had um, um, guests in there in the middle of winter, and there was a storm forecast, and they did not tell us they were going to leave um, because of this this forecast storm. Uh, so you know the snow started rolling in. We phoned them down at the property to say, okay. There's, there's there's a lot of snowfall snow falling now. Um, the plow's going to be there probably within about twelve hours. You know, it's um it it's not instant in in cottage country. Um, so you know we want just wanted to tell you to hang tight and um, somebody will be down there to make sure you can get out. And there was no answer. So a little bit worried, we called their cell phone and um and they said, oh no, we 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 saw the forecast and we left. And what actually happened is the snowfall was, um, I mean, it, it was heavy and we didn't get a plow down there. There wasn't a plow down this road for, for 48 hours. By the time we got down to the cottage, the heating was whacked as high as it could go and all the windows were open. Oh wow! <laughs> um, these these guys were obviously they like their fresh air, obviously, but they wanted to stay warm as well. The, the heating bill for that two days, two and a half days, um, when when the temperature was, you know, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit because we we work metric up here, but we were around about um, twenty two degrees below um, freezing. So that's centigrade. Um, oh, geez, okay. <laughs> um, for for two two and a half days. 
uh, by the time we got down there. And the heating bill was, uh, you know, it was it was way more than what these people had paid for their vacation. So so that's my sort of cautionary tale that, uh, you know, circumstances happen um, and, and you can have no, you know, it, you have no control over it. Unless, of course, you do have control over it, which is what we're talking about. Um, that's and, right. And that's what makes, you know, it, it's like, you know, a few years ago, we have a lot of power outages. And a few years ago, we bit the bullet and bought a really big generator, an automatic generator. And it was a lot of money. But in the two or three years that we've had that generator there, we have saved so much in people cancelling cancelling their vacations halfway through and going home because the power's gone out and they have no um, no utilities. And now when the power goes out, the generator kicks in and they stay. And when we when we calculated what we had saved over the two and a half, three years that we'd had the generator, it, it came, to, we have now paid for the generator. So similar thing, I, I would imagine. So with, um, how, how does this all get set up? If it's, um, if, if you've already you know, you're not building a home automation system into a into a new build, into a new construction. Um, so how how does it how does it work when you're doing it um, in a current building? Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, and touching on what you were just saying there, I mean, very much uh, we see ourselves in the information business, right? And and being able to know what's going on in your property even when mm-hmm. you're not there, which helps for distributed properties. And then, uh, you know, certainly on the sensor side, right, whether it's knowing whether your heater's working and temperature in the unit, uh, whether there's water leaks going on, that sort of thing. Uh, and then for, for setting it up, um, yeah, so in, most of the time we don't have, uh, in, in vacation rental, what I've seen most of the time, we don't have the, ex- the luxury of it being a new construction, right? It's, it's more about uh, somebody has a property and now they want to gen- – they, they've recently acquired it uh, – and now they want to, uh, to you know, turn it into a, a bit of an income stream through rental. Um, and so it's usually a, a retrofit to bring automation to it. Um, and so what that uh, process typically entails, and, and, and talking in a broad sense, um, you know, there's basically two paths. Uh, one is a DIY where you are doing the install yourself. Um, it could be that you are learning how to put these devices, uh, locks, thermostats, uh, sensors, etc., uh, in yourself or training your staff to do it. Um, or it could be that you're calling a local provider, a local locksmith, that sort of thing. Uh, and then what we're also seeing as a valuable service to the industry offered by companies like us and, and our competitors is, uh, you know, a, a facilitated professional install. So, uh, you know, you, you basically, uh, as a service, w- will install it for you, right? So that kind of makes it easier uh, but yeah, either way, it's about getting devices in homes. There's a cost associated with that, certainly. Uh, and with the, the in our industry, we call it the Internet of Things, which is basically a term just means uh, that things are becoming intelligent. Just as our phones have become intelligent, uh, things are becoming intelligent and doing things for, you know, making our life easier, automating things. Uh, and the only way to really do that is by replacing hardware that's in homes and, uh you know, there's cost associated with that and also benefit associated with that. So that's basically how, how mm-hmm. to go about it. So, so we've covered um, access and um, and things like thermostat. T- tell me about um, disaster management, because that's something I'm, uh, you know, very dear to my heart, sort of emergency planning, disaster management. It's something that every single manager and owner uh, should have at their fingertips, their plan for these things. And, mm-hmm. and I know... Um, from you know our fairly extreme climate here, the, the different things that can happen through um, you know freezing in particular, sure. fl- flooding in the spring, and now when well, now in fact we have drought conditions and and wells running dry, so we have <laughs> we have um, we have a lot of these uh, potential disasters out there. So how can automation help us um, m- plan for those types of things? Absolutely. So uh, it's it's. Mm, a, a term might be remote presence, right? So uh, when you are there at a property, it's pretty obvious uh, when problems happen. Like uh, I should say generally, it's pretty obvious, right? Uh, if uh, if heater turns off, uh, you notice because it's cold and, you know, you can probably get that fixed before you have a pipe break. Uh, 
et cetera. But when you're not there, um, this is where home automation and sensors can really be helpful. And to talk a little bit about what's on the market now, what's coming onto the market in the near term. So um, there are water sensors that, uh, you know, when the when water touches the contacts on the sensor, uh, it can send an alert. And so those can be used, you know, in a bathroom. They can be used below a water heater. They can be used in a utility room near the drain. Um, there's uh, obviously the temperature sensors that can let you know that you've left the heat on or um, or it's getting too cold. And, and especially in properties where you don't have the luxury of replacing the thermostat, then the temperature sensor can give you a lot of insight um, and let you know when you need to dispatch somebody to the property. Uh, then what we're also seeing is um, meters that can hook onto your electrical panel. Uh, and those can kind of let you know your power usage in the unit. It could let you know if a space heater has been left on. And uh, the, there's some new, t- new companies that are actually doing um, analytics on, uh, on these sensors. So basically by doing some signal processing, it can, it can tell you things like, oh, this is a space heater, this is a refrigerator that was left on uh, or is cranked up or, you know, a fan was left plugged in. It kind of lets you know some detail about what was actually hooked in. And same thing on the water side. So there are flow meters that can actually, uh, you hook into the, the the water input to your property and it will let you know what the what the flow is. And so, first of all, you can highlight some problems like, hey, there's nobody staying there, but there's water flow that probably mm-hmm. indicates a, a leak or a pipe break. Um, but with the analytics, it can actually tell you, okay, it's a leaky toilet. It's a, uh, you know, it is a broken pipe or, you know, something else. Right. So that's, um, what we kind of see coming into the market, but it's all around making your home, uh, your homes work for you more and let you kind of have uh, data when you're not there. It's, we see it as especially important when you've got distributed properties, remote properties, but, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly as a help too when uh, when they may be close to you, but just hard to keep an eye on the, the number of properties that you're working with. Yeah, I, we have one particular issue that arises oh, a dozen times in the course of a season. And, you know, our, our guest services manager knows exactly how to deal with it and how to respond to it, but it, it doesn't make it any less of, of, a, of a sort of disaster for the guests. And that's when they arrive at a property with a mass of warm food, which they then put in the refrigerator and then turn the thermostat down as far as it will go. And <laughs> you know, you know what happens there. It just it goes uh-uh, overload, yeah. Overload. Let's just freeze up completely um because we can't take on this 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 task of cooling down all this food at once. Um and it just go it just quits. Um we've already had this two or three times this this season. And, you know, our, we, we, we will tell guests that, you know, we'll ask them, did you turn the thermostat down? Mostly they say no. Um, but we, we know that the, the resolution is to simply defrost the, free, de- defrost the fridge and within a few hours you should be able to turn it on and just put it back to the, the central setting. And each time that's worked perfectly. So is, the, is there anything out there that can, that can stop them turning a fridge refrigerator down or to alert us if they did? Uh, yes, uh, I would say that there is, although I'm not uh, aware of, you know, products that um, are, are easy for that. Um, <laughs> so there are some connected refrigerators where you could uh, kind of have that insight and control, uh, maybe even lock it into the range. Um you know, it might it might lend to uh, a lower tech solution of uh, disabling that control. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, you know, a, la- uh, a label is doing it at the moment. <laughs> do yeah, not so do do not adjust the thermostat. That 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 does it. It was just, you know, is could that be something? Well, I, I guess with with the new refrigerators that come out, there there may be um, uh, um, you know, technology is going to come on board that allows that to happen. No, it was just a bit of a throw out line there because. Um, that that's something that does impact us, but I, I guess for the moment we'll probably just stick with the label. Yeah, and and certainly some of the uh, the general sensors that um, so they have a little devices that have a bunch of sensors in them, like you know temperature, humidity, uh, tilt, etc. And so you know those can be used in a general fashion, um, and possibly could be you know attached to your 
your dial your dial setting and kind of report that setting out. Um, but you know that, that that I would say we haven't um, developed a lot of intelligence around that kind of use case as an industry. So you could certainly roll your own. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's and what's kind of funny is you mentioned it with the the uh, the fridges uh, and you you bring all your groceries and you stick them in. Um, but in warm climates, we see that same thing happen with with the AC where you know um, it's it's very warm. They crank the AC down. Uh, and that the AC unit will actually ice over uh, for the whole home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, certainly with thermostats and so forth, you can prevent that uh, type of thing from happening. Uh, and, you know, that's pretty uncomfortable when that happens. So, um, you know, same type of problem. Sure. Maybe labels. <laughs> labels. Yeah. Yes. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, let, let's talk a bit about uh, about Parakeet now. Um, you know, it, it's a company that offers home automation systems primarily to property managers. So, but I have noticed on your website that you are also targeting um, Airbnb hosts, which which to me means, you know, sort of independent owners. And I know that, uh, you know, the, the, the system that you have with property managers will work through their reservation systems. How would it, how would it, how does it work with an individual independent owner? Yeah. Um, so for an independent owner, um, it, so they can, uh, you know, when they have a guest coming in, uh, they can come to our dashboard, they can set up rules and uh, permissions and so forth for that guest. And then they, and then that guest has the same experience uh, coming into the, you know, that uh, for rent by owner unit um, as they would coming into a professional property manager. Now uh, in the future, I anticipate we will have uh, um tighter integration with Airbnb and other providers. And what that would mean is that uh, that for rent by owner operator uh, doesn't have to come into the software and program it. it would, that would happen automatically, just the same as it does for uh, our rental managers, professional rental managers today. So it's, it's really about that. It's about being able to handle a scale of operations, which is what uh, you know professional rental managers have, and then being able to handle uh, you know, the rental specific use cases where uh, you want to be alerted when certain things happen. You want to program guests that are coming in. You want it to be through your software that you use to handle operations now. Um, so that's that's kind of where we focus. And we think that uh, by doing that, we can provide a better experience than if you were to go and take a, a Nest or some other, you know, consumer products that are out there and try to uh, bend them to your purposes. That certainly works. It just doesn't provide uh, the same, you know, level of experience for you and your guests. Yeah, well, I'm. I will. Um, I'll be putting a link at uh, at the end of the show notes to uh, goparakeet.com, so listeners can go to the website and check out what is available and um, and how can they contact um, you, Brad, or or somebody at the company if they have more interest in uh, in home automation. Yeah, so certainly, uh, you know, our URL, goparakeet.com, uh, and uh, feel free to call us or email us uh, with any questions. We, we, this is what we specialize in. We love to talk about it. And, uh, you know, I, I, Heather, I would also say um, I'm excited about the, the future here, where we're going. Um, if you've seen some of, the, uh, some of the new, one of the popular devices that just come on the market is uh, the Amazon Echo. And it's a device where you can basically speak to it. You can control your home. You can play your music. Uh, and we're starting to see kind of concierge happen. So you can actually say, you know, hey, I want to order this this thing. I want to, can you please deliver me a pizza? Can you call my Uber cab? Uh, and we think that, you know, that will have application in the rental market as well and uh, and be pretty pretty exciting. So, you know, the future is uh, is bright. Um, and it'll be fun to see where it goes. Yes, indeed. And, and I and I can't wait. You know, even you know, I, I think I'm fairly tech savvy. Uh, and as I said at the start, you know, sometimes this onslaught of of new new tech apps uh, can be a little bit much. But it's so much fun and exciting to see what's out there now. It's a ride, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Brad, is there anything else you want to touch on before we before we finish? Uh, no, I think that's it, Heather. Um, you know, it's it's about uh, tools. There's so many tools out there available to uh, uh, rental managers and rental owners and operators now. And so, you know, deciding on which ones are the ones to help you grow your business, provide the experience that you want. That's 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 what it's about. So, 
Anyway, very glad to be here, and, and thanks for having us on, Heather. You're you're very welcome, and I hope um, you know. Will, will you be at Phoenix for VRMA annual conference? Yep, we'll be there. I shall see you there. And uh, welcome anyone to stop by our booth as well. Okay. Well, thanks, Brad. Okay. Take care. So I now know all about home automation. Actually, it um, after we'd recorded the interview, I I sort of carried on chatting to Brad really about our situation up here in Ontario with our property management company. And I was just telling him that, you know, our properties are so widely dispersed. Uh, I have one that's sort of around six, six hours from my property, from our office in, um, in the depths of Quebec. And then we have properties right the way to the west of Ontario. So it could be sort of 12, 14 hours between our properties east to west, uh, even though most of them are concentrated in, in an arc which goes around three to four, uh, two to four hours from, from, our, uh, from our home office. That sort of dispersed nature of the properties means that we, we cannot have a dedicated property manager um, that covers any more than maybe one or two. So each of our owners has to do their own uh, their own management and everybody has a different system particularly of access. And 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 just saying to Brad we in a in a course of a of a summer uh, of 10 weeks of of ins and outs of uh of of properties by guests we could deal with anything between 120 and 140 access issues. Uh, at uh, at our cottages, anything from the oh the owner um, forgot to change the code or input a, a wrong code that's that's a very common one, or a key has got stuck in a lockbox, or a caretaker put a physical key back in the wrong place. You know, it was meant to be in the barbecue, and she put it under the flower pot instead. You know, my big wish would be that we had a system across every property and that every property used the same the same form of access and that it was controlled by us that would be amazing so i'll be meeting up with uh, with brad in um, in phoenix in uh october um we're going to go and have a coffee and uh, just chat about this and just see what uh, what's you know what might be involved so hot humid day ahead i'm going to uh to go and sit in my air-conditioned office for a couple of hours and then head out for a swim. That's the joy of living in Ontario in the summer. So thank you once again for tuning in, for listening, for being with me on another episode of Vacation Rental Success. As ever, if you've got comments, if you've got experiences of of home automation, um, access issues, how you manage your keys, I'd love to hear about them. Please go to the show notes, go down to the comments and uh, and leave us a comment and I'll ask Brad to check it out and, uh, and answer any questions that you have. And of course, you can contact me directly at heather at cottageblogger.com. I'm always more than happy to hear from you. And um, yeah, just, uh, just leave me a note and I'll get back to you. So thanks once again for being with me and I'll be with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.